Philosophy was actually something that from 11, 12 years old, my dad used to make me, you know, read Renan Descartes and 11, all of that. 11, like, 12 years old, oh, you're yeah. reading philosophy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's daddy. <laughs> like, how did that shape your, your, your worldview? I feel like a lot. I feel like it's really what's made my mind what it is and explains everything I do, right? Wow. Very open-minded early. Was forced to be very critical mm. and think about different ways reality could could exist okay. and th- how to think about reality. I mean, I'm reading all these things from an early age. Welcome to What's Your Story, a podcast from Technova, where we talk to business people, creatives, and entrepreneurs about their personal backstories and the projects and companies that they built and are building. I'm your host, Joseph Curry. There are lots of people who like to dabble in different creative spaces, and Akosia Hansen is definitely one of those people. As a kid, she was into books and philosophy, and by the time she was in university, she had found a big interest in theater and arts. While at school, she found herself venturing into the media space. She was soon doing gigs in radio, TV shows, and eventually movies. Before long, she had created her own theater group called Drama Queens, a non-profit theater organization that seeks to tell the varying stories of the modern woman. Even though she was juggling radio and media, she decided to eventually jump into a whole new space, comic books. Before long, a new series called Moon Girls was born. So let's listen and hear from her early days as a child and how she eventually started her own comic book series. You grew up in Ghana, right? Like, where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in Accra. Went to school in Accra. What yeah. school did you go to? <laughs> Am I talking from high school? Okay. All right. Is that how far we want to go? <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. I don't want to. Then you want to go? <laughs> okay, well, I, I went to University of Ghana. Okay. I did a, a bachelor's in um, philosophy and English. And then I did a, an MPhil also at uh, the University of Ghana, the Institute of African Studies in African Philosophical Thought and Gender. Okay. Um, did you always want to go into those courses, like to do that course? Hmm, I mean, I was like an art student, literature student, uh, right? And then philosophy was actually something that from 11, 12 years old, my dad used to make me, you know, read Renan Descartes and 11, all of that. 11, like, 12 years old, oh, you're yeah. reading philosophy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's daddy. <laughs> like, how did that shape your, your, your worldview? Oof. I feel like a lot. I feel like it's really what's made my mind what it is and, and explains everything I do, right? Wow. Very open-minded early. Okay. Um, was forced to be very critical and, and, mm. and think about different ways reality could could exist okay. and th- how to think about reality. I mean, I'm reading all these things from an early age. And then when I got to university, became very, you know, entrenched in the way I, th- yeah, that's, it's been a big influence. Would you say you stood out because you learned like Descartes so early and gone to university or did you just like try to fit in with everybody else? I feel like uni, in uni, it's, it's not even about standing out. Everyone is like their own you know, genius, you know, because right. uni breaks you out of, um, you know, the high school, um, yeah, it's the, small. Yeah, uni, yeah, with people from yeah. all over Ghana. I'm at the University of Ghana, right? Mm-hmm. All over Ghana, different schools, different experiences. It was like one of the most like uh, great experiences in philosophy class with hmm. with different people with different experiences and backgrounds and their different arguments. You know, philosophy class yeah. is also a lot of debating yeah. and all of that. It was It was rich. It was oh, rich. Oh, wow. That's cool. It was rich. I remember I did my philosophy class in Houston, Texas. And, okay. And it was very interesting. It was very deep. Uh-huh. It was like, that was the first time I actually learned about Descartes and like, was that, that famous saying? Um, 
is I think therefore yeah I think I therefore am. I am I think therefore I am yeah yes. and I was like such a I simple, think therefore I am such a simple statement but then it's so desires. deep yeah yes. so that's interesting so that whole thing just kind of shapes so you went to university you studied yeah, philosophy right. yeah and then how did I even shape you when you got out of university what were you going into like what do you think of career wise so I'd always wanted to be an actor, right? When I started uh, doing theater in school, I was in a drama club. I was heading, I was writing plays even before I went to uni. Okay. And then when I went to uni, I said I did a BA in um, English and philosophy, but I actually got theater arts. But oh. guess what? You know that thing where they don't give you theater arts because your, your grades are too high? So, wait, wait, um, hold on. I mean, I didn't get theater arts. I applied for theater arts, but they rather gave me psychology because my oh. grades were too high. And I came with the A-level system too. Right, right. So it was like, no. So you know the the Just, way they used to think about theater yeah. arts then. But then I was there. Like so I actually did a course and I was I was part of the School of Performing Arts my whole three years there. I did how many plays a year, you mm. know? Um so that's what I wanted to do. That's what I was pursuing. While, you know, I'm a I'm a writer. Right. Um I'm I'm doing my philosophy. And then I started media while I was in university. Okay. Which became actually my profession. Actually which became my main job. Okay. So I started T V first when I was in my my first yeah my first year of uni I got a job doing TV and then from there when I left uni I then moved into radio and yeah it's it's been that path so what was your first TV experience like because this is your first university and yes. then you're doing TV yes. like what, what was that like oh it was I was very nervous the very first day I had to do an you know, a screen test and mm-hmm. because, but I was also a theater actor, you know, right. I mean, you're trained to be on stage with so many people. You're trained to hold emotions, act to pretend no one's there. You're trained mm-hmm. to project, you know, so all it was, was just kind of like um, switching from all the grandiosity to, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's more subtle and film with the screen on you. You don't need right. to be that expressive. So it was just learning that. But that very first time I was nervous, but afterwards it became, you know, it became work because <laughs> okay. it was basically um, a TV show car- covering all entertainment events around um, Accra. So clubbing events to, you know, so every time I had to go out middle of the night, come back for lectures and it was a busy time. It was a great learning, you know. sounds very busy. So when you were going out to see all these entertainment events, like what did you get from that? Like what was that whole experience like? For me, it was, um, I feel like I was insulated because of my high school. So for me, it was now really seeing Ghana and Ghana through its entertainment industry. You know, a lot of the, the big, um, talk show pandits today who you know make waves with the things they say and stuff like that I got to meet them early you know mm. I got to see how the Ghanaian musicians filmmakers you know create their work the kind of ecosystem that is and and the drama the you drama know around, around it yeah. you know so at least um, I felt like and that was a period where I was now really really connecting to Ghana okay. you know outside of the protection of your parents and school okay, and, and so now knowing the country so you're getting more exposure in a way yes okay. yes, yes. And the that like what were you going in before like did I what changed like did you see Ghana different when you went into the entertainment space or did you say oh this is what it is I guess there were things that were new and there were things that oh yeah this is this is us you know right. because yeah this is us there were things that were new there were things that were also very exciting there were things that were also very very bad and mm. and you know but it was it's all part of the learning experience it's right. how you know you get to understand 
why because now this is my work right to right. be able to um, talk about the entertainment scene the culture scene is, is for me to understand what my people are doing outside of mm. my hopes of what it will look like you right. know they're also building a thing you know I'm not here right. to try and force my idea of what music should sound like you know so for right. me it was a humbling thing you know you come oh. in with oh this is how they do it there so this is how we should be doing, doing it, it here, this yeah. is how our watch show should be looking I've actually like scrapped all of that you change your yeah. mentality on that like people are trying to do something in, with the resources they have here you True. know um, there are its problems but those are problems we should you know discuss on those levels you know that's Not, fair yeah so you're doing all that while you're in university so you go out to come back and do school like how was that <laughs> was that sounds like a lot of work yeah so yeah so was, <laughs> so I go out I start work at City FM that's when the radio stuff started and then I was still doing TV and then I got a, sh- a show at YFM so I moved to YFM and YFM didn't require me to be there 9 to 5 okay. at City FM I had to be there 9 to 5 because apart Ooh. from producing a radio show I was also the editor for the newspaper okay. and doing other things running their events too as well at City FM so when I moved to YFM it was just the radio show really I had to do over there what year was that? that was uh, I moved to YFM in 2015 okay yeah yeah so I had the whole day basically I was doing the morning show at the time so I had the whole day and that's when I just like I was like then let me go do my MPhil went to the University of African Studies so I'll do that right after the morning show I go for class nice and then every morning but it was early morning early morning was grueling but yeah Yeah, you know sounds like it (laughs) yeah early morning is hard because you gotta get your brain ready for school yeah right and when when they take that time from 6 to 9 a.m. from you where you may feel like you have the rest of the day but actually Mm. it's it messes you up the rest of the day like yeah you're tired the rest of the day I don't know you know but luckily I got an evening show eventually so that balanced out okay Um, so in the beginning how was the radio career like how did it start off were you like nervous just like a TV show or just was it just okay this is easy I've done this before (laughs) so it was as in doing the radio show first at YFM I was going on radio for the first time ever like radio radio show YFM radio show YFM oh I was nervous because I had only been like a sitting radio presenter Mm. and producer at City FM for the time. Okay. Like I was, I was doing more the, the editing of the newspaper and then running the events. Right. So this was my first radio show myself. And this yeah. was a big radio station, YFM. And the person who was there at the time was the biggest host, Miss Na. Yeah. You know, so I was basically coming in after Miss Na. So it oh. was huge. Yeah, following up with her, yeah. <laughs> huge. And I'm very different from her, you know. Right. Huge. And she she actually crafted what Urban Radio would sound like, should sound like in Ghana. So yeah, coming mm. after a pioneer. And, and I was from a very serious field. Sorry. Um, yeah. Serious in quotes. You know, yeah, gotcha, uh, where yeah. City FM is and where YFM is concerned. Mm-hmm. YFM is more urban, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, pop yeah. culture, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it took me a whole lot of like learning I had to always constantly listen to how they talk about things what interested them you know the kind of uh, podcasts and, and and radio shows Hot 97 you know mm, that they like to yeah, listen to yeah. get into that type of also American pop culture as well it wasn't easy people wrote there were people who wrote articles at the time starting that you know they knew me as Bulldog's sister so that's how they knew that's me knew, yeah. that was the only way so I was like yeah Bulldog's sister is taking so this yeah, like, like, can she do it yeah, you know yeah, in his shadow are you anything yeah you, you know, can, do your own, yeah. can I can I be on my own? Can I actually even do this radio show where Miss Nye is right. uh, was? You know, and then yeah, Charlie, I just I just was myself because I mean, mm. Charlie, I've also been you know raised and learned so many things. Mm-hmm. I, I just had to bring myself to it, and eventually people got to love me. I talked too much. I was too much of an activist on radio. Let me just really? say that <laughs> I don't lie to you. I just had to learn eventually to 
It's like balance everything balance out. Balance things out. You know, put things in their okay. perspective. And when you're doing the OM field during the YFM stint? Yes. Okay. Yes. How was that? Like, yes. how, yeah. So how was the, the M field? Like, what were you studying? It was philosophy in was a specific? A, so the Institute of African Studies. So doing African Studies generally. But gotcha. then I, um, for my thesis, I um, zoned down to African philosophical thought and gender. Nice. Uh, but I did my, my thesis on rape culture in Accra. Okay. Well, what inspired that? What inspired that? Because that was also the time where I was also heavy into my activism. It was around that time when I'd um, gotten uh, the Mandela Washington Fellowship. This was in 2016, so a year mm-hmm. after I'd come to YFM. And um, I started running some um, Let's Talk Consent workshops to teach mm-hmm. consent in sexual relationships in high schools, public spaces, and universities. And then off of that, I got the Mandela Washington Fellowship. I gotcha. went on that fellowship, came back, wanted to you know make these workshops more than a workshop into mm. an organization. So, so you got the Mandela, so you went out of the country? Yeah, okay, was in 2016. Was that your first time? Um, first time out of the country? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I've been going <laughs> since, a, since a child. But, gotcha. But yeah, this was my first leadership fellowship gotcha. ever. You know, where I got to meet all other African leaders doing so many mm. wonderful things across the world. Was that the intimidating? Continent. It was... It was exciting. It was a rush. It wasn't intimidating because Ooh. for me, I was I was actually the youngest okay. fellow in the in the batch. So for me, That's it was at first it was just stuff I was doing to help society. And I realized, no, these are people who've actually now made it organizations, have made mm. it a, a way, a system of of creating a living and you know solving societal problems. So for me, it was like now learning. Oh, so this is what Africa looks like in Rwanda. This is mm. what Africa looks like in Zimbabwe, Ghana. I was I'd always just been in my Ghana. Yeah, mentality. it's only Ghana. Yeah, you know. So gotcha. it was like. Ah, it was one of the best experiences in my life. I won't okay. lie. One of the best. And that's what, you know, spurred my whole activism stuff. The MPhil was basically also feeding me basically the mind knowledge of it because right. I was I was learning African cultures, pre-colonial African cultures, okay. social structures, all of that. So like all of that fed into my activism. Nice. So it was just a nice melting pot of things happening at that time. Nice. Okay, so then you did one year Mandela Fellowship, then you came back and then you still went back to YFM? Yes, I, I went back to YFM. Okay. And then that's when I started the MPhil. Okay. Yeah, around 2018. Okay. Yeah. So when did the Drama Queens project start? So Drama Queens actually started, first it started with the workshops in 2016, but it wasn't Drama Queens then. It was just the Let's Talk Content workshops. Okay. And when I came back from the work, from the fellowship, it, uh, I made it a... Uh, I made a collective and organization in 2017. Okay. Um, so Drama Queens was born, I think, January 2017. We had the launch then. And so what we did was just a spread spread what we'll do apart from the workshops. Drama Queens was because I wanted to be an actor. Yeah, um, and I didn't at that time. So I was, let me just say at that time, so I was also trying to find a lot of scripts. I was trying to mm. do film and plays and all the scripts yeah. that kept coming were just whack for me. <laughs> you know, one dimensional roles for all yeah. the women characters. Yeah. Yeah. So then Drama Queens, right? So I started to do plays that I, I felt were really interesting, gave women really rich roles. Multidimensional. You know, multidimensional, yeah. you know. 3D, 4D, quadruple <laughs> D. So yeah, Drama Queen started around that time, 2017. And then yeah, we moved theater, workshops. And what was the last thing? Ah, oh, we moved into so many other things. Oh wow, so you yeah. branched out and different now graphic places. novels. Yeah. Nice, cool. So you, you, okay, so what was your first play that you guys produced from Drama Queens? Okay, so the very first play was a, a play called Until Someone Wakes Up. So that was a play basically around rape culture, different scenes, duologues, monologues that, you know, play with, with you know, the ideas of rape and consent and wasn't consent or what it was. And, right. you know, it was very, it's very graphic, very experimental too. Mm. And it really, 
hit well with the audience. You know, okay. we did about two or three times. I think the French Embassy at the time even made us at Alliance Frances uh, for one of their programs um, at the time. It was mm. it was really good, really okay. really good. So I just want to get into the like, the pro production. Th- is it hard to like get funding for like what you're trying to do press production wise, or is it like okay maybe you just can borrow some money and just start the work? Well, I'll say it was a learning process. Let me say it was a learning process. When I came back and I said I was going to make this into an organization, in my mind, I just said, this is how I will fund the workshops. I will create theater productions, mm-hmm. charge for the productions, mm-hmm. and then use those workshops to fund our transportations for the workshops. Gotcha. So that was the simple plan. Right. And then the volunteers grew. Mm. And when the number of volunteers grew, obviously the number of activities grew. Yeah. And then more of it was coming from my pocket. And I applied for, there was this Young Feminist Fund, Frida Young Feminist Fund. Okay. And they were our starter fund. And they, oh, nice. what they do is they fund even non-registered organizations, Young Feminists, because they know that this is, you know, new, you're just trying to support society. So right. small grants, you know, um, to, and they are not strict about how you spend it. You know, okay. just have a, a basic reporting system and right. all of that. And then that's what gets you going. And obviously mm. when you start with one fund, you learn how to now write reports, you oh, now no. learn how to do financial you know budgets all of that so it grows you to be able to get funding from another okay. and usually when you apply once you've had a donor already and you apply already they always ask who are your who past you donors because yeah. they go and do their checks on you gotcha. if you applied for something you did what you said you will do you always have a good credit you know um, okay. and so from there it just kept snowballing cool. that way so it's like that's kind of your entrepreneurial phase in a way just like you know funding your projects yes 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 awesome. but the main thing was to do the work you know gotcha. put out the products that you said you were going to put out because that's actually your what makes you viable to be funded to gotcha. continue to be funded nice cool so all this doing all this drama queens all the production stuff and you're still doing the yfm stuff yeah so yeah. you're juggling a lot of things at, mo- at this point you're trying to do scripts trying to do <laughs> you're doing radio you're doing those when did you first get your first movie i guess your first movie gig i think my first movie gig maybe it was i think it was maybe my last year of uni or just when I left uni it was a Leila Jansi film Mm. and it was basically me doing what I did in real life um, acting as a TV presenter interviewing a character in the film and then later on I did get a bigger role in another Leila Jansi series which is actually on Netflix now 40 and Single Mm -hmm. where I was playing um, basically a drug queen me (laughs) like I'm the girl I'm the main, main girl, whatever, main girl of the drug king. Gotcha. So I'm the one who transports the drugs across. Uh, you know, that was exciting. That's interesting. There was a lot of sex in there. And it was with the what, this Hollywood act. Oh, how could I forget his name? Leon. He was the one that did this film. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> Where's my phone? But I'll, I'll find it. I'll okay, find no worries. It. you get it. Yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> okay, so that was your first thing. Like, so the first movie you did, like, what was the experience? Like, did you learn anything as far as, like, when you went into it, what was your your whole perception of it, like the hard, what goes into the production, what, what did you learn from the experience? So I, because I'd be doing TV, I was just going to, you know, it was going to be okay. I, I'd done TV and theater, so I thought, oh, I'm okay, I can do this, right? <laughs> but however, when I went on set, let me say the real learning experience was with the, was with 40 and single. Everyone was professional. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Leila Jansi had brought a, 
a big team together, you know, both from the States and in Ghana, people she read with for years on her film. And um, now I was getting to see how sets were built on set, you mm. know. Um, I'd seen sets for, for award shows or whatever, right. but I was now seeing how that was. They actually had like a house decked out, made, out, made one room a kind of like strip bar, made another room a scene for whatever. So nice. we're shooting in different scenes. And I had two sex scenes, right? Okay. Where I had to be basically naked with people in the room so this was also my first sex scene too. Wow. and Leila Jassy was just so amazing so first of all my boobs are huge but <laughs> then they brought these they so they have these uh, little thingies that they put um, give to women to cover their nipples right, right. but obviously they were really small <laughs> and they were white they were for like a white person's skin oh, so that's what so they, they brought didn't. you know yeah. so it didn't fit so I actually just go on my boobs like that right but what she did was she made everyone who didn't need to be in the room to leave so yeah kind of a very professional very like, professional good, yeah. you know and my co-actor was amazing we got really loud and noisy at one point I think I bumped my head on the <laughs> on the bedstead because it was getting very heated I think I had a bump in there so in the scene I was rubbing ice on my head it made it look like it was part of the scene but it wasn't nice. but yeah that was exciting that was exciting shooting those scenes and also just being with with this with these actors you know in these scenes and these people with this with this um background you know was everything nice. I'd wanted to do with my life so nice. at that point was me living that moment so you know, yes I tried. so you started from theater now you're actually doing the acting doing the film acting nice, right cool yes so eventually oh by the way wait his name is Leon Robinson Leon Robinson so let's yes. go out the way <laughs> yes 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 cool. thank you for that yeah cool. exactly so okay so you're doing the acting you're doing the TV you're doing the radio mm-hmm. so how did you eventually veer into comic books how did mm. moon girls even get started mm. like what's the concept behind that mm. so i was uh, comic books came because of drama queens right so drama queens we done we started out with a theater then it became something else it became um we started doing a uh, film um workshops okay. so i i wanted as i said i wanted to do film i did actually apply to schools i got to usc but they didn't Ooh. get a scholarship to go Ooh. so this is all just me playing out the things that couldn't happen for me so i okay. eventually started to run this film workshop it was um to teach people who wanted to do film around the themes of uh, women gender lgbt issues and disability we ran this for about two or three years brought different filmmakers and activists together and then afterwards it was like what next because a a donor came and said there are these funds available if you want to apply what what new idea do you have and then I had this thought to to submit a story I started writing when I was in City FM so I wanted to be a writer have a novel right Right. publish that Um, like we're talking earlier right that was where I also wanted what I I wanted to do but it never happened but I'd started writing it while I was um, working at City FM and I just left it when I started Drama Queens and then I, I decided okay let me instead of making a novel let me make this a graphic novel switch the stories to make them superheroes hmm. because what we wanted to do, to do with drama queens was do artistic activism where you're using art to address mm. human rights issues right 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 by tapping into the pop culture and the zeitgeist superheroes is a big yeah, thing a in big, our pop culture is, you yeah. know you're making statements when you make the superheroes women black right, women you know true. black queer women too that's how I pitched it and they loved it and then, um, so this was where now I had to learn to switch novel to graphic novel. I, I, I learned from scratch. I went wow. back to reading scripts for Batman. Right. Scripts for Batman were my, were my learning tool online. Nice. And I went back to so many things. I started reading and learning about other stuff. So that's how it kind of started, learning how to move 
to the graphic writer that has a script because I'm not an illustrator. Whoa. I can only write. So okay. I write every panel, the scene in every panel. You nice. know, it's a dark room. The door is open. There's this type of lights. There's a man seated with a blue... J- you have to write, right, you write the whole scene in You know, detail. and that's basically like, I have to write about 70 pages for a 20-page script. Final wow. graphic novel script you'd see. Nice. It's usually 70 pages because you're writing every scene. Every and scene. apart from that, it's heavily rooted in African... Um, Juju, African spiritual tradition, like you know, um, African history, yeah. because obviously, obviously of this intent in my background, right? Um, to bring all of this to the fore. So it's apart from that, I also do a lot of work doing research and sending that those histories to the illustrators. Wow. You know, letting them know the feel of of each character so that they themselves be yeah, in my yeah, mind yeah, in your head so they see. can create, you know, because once cool. they create, I don't I don't like to you know, pick on that, you know, yeah. You know, just give them all the words and all the feelings that they can possibly have so they can create out of the imagination you've given them because I, I I don't want to you know it's, it's you can't draw yeah. the way someone's drawing that's true you can't direct them you know yeah, just get yeah, the artist you know work right okay so so it's a, it's all of that work it's all of that work so that's how Moon Girls really started and and started what year so I started writing rewriting from novel to graphic novel in 2018 okay in 2019 that's when we started the illustration um, and we launched it in 2019, December. Nice. And in 2020 was when COVID hit. Yeah. And this is a digital graphic novel series. So right. It was... how, and how did that affect everything? Did it stop <laughs> thing or just make it progress faster? No, actually, it, it's what pushed it. Because nice. now everyone was locked up indoors. Mm-hmm. What would they do? Gra- um, drama queens at that time, we could no longer. We used to have these speakeasies every once a month right. where people come. We talk about issues or whatever. And that wasn't happening. But now we had... Moon Girls. Right. So Moon Girls was released once every month from January and through COVID. Mm. So that's what made it popular. It was, it was it's online, so people from all over the world could read it. Nice. You know, so it it really seemed to become very popular um, mm-hmm. fast 2020 because also I feel like the, the launch of it was pretty big we launched during the year of return ah, December yes. 2019 that, okay yes, yes. So you got lots of attention yes and we were part of the year of return activities oh, um, nice. so as well so we had a lot of people from all over the world come for the launch we had an art exhibition for the graphic novel because that's also what I wanted to do move it from you know, the digital space also physically. So have an right, artist installation. Right. So okay, canvas gotcha. arts all over the place with the superheroes, the scenes. It's more interactive, yeah. Exactly. And people mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. Okay. So what was the concept of the name Moon Girls? Where did that come from? Whew. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I, because the, the novel that I started writing, it wasn't called Moon Girls. It just followed these four women the mm-hmm. stories of the four women which were repurposed into the moon girls right but I've always been obsessed with the moon and it's you know mm. what the moon is or whatever I'm a cancer cancers <laughs> are ruled by the moon so I right. guess you know so I guess it just just followed that way yeah right <laughs> okay interesting yeah because I think there's even a Marvel character what's his name again he had kind of Moon Knight, I think. Moon Knight? Okay. Yeah, so okay. there's a character in Marvel called Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Okay, 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 okay. So that's an interesting concept. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> so that's interesting. So, okay, so 2020, it kind of accelerated everything. Yes. and it kept, So is it like a for sale type of graphic or is it just like you just put it out for free but you can read online for free? So it's activist work and because of the message we want out, it's free. It's okay. free for now. I don't know if it'll, it will change, but um, you can get seasons one, seasons two, all online on the website. 
for free. You can actually download it too for free. So okay. you don't need to read it online. Just download it on your PDF. Because we also wanted to, you know, kind of disseminate, mm -hmm. you know, the main point of, because the thing is, um, apart from the graphic novels that we are putting out, I'm also writing reports on how is this changing society? Mm. How are people's minds being, you know, affected by the issues of the you know I have to report on this right. work because I'm doing a, a study in, in society yeah, and pop, pop culture yeah. and human rights and that's the work I'm doing this is the activism right okay. and for it to go out once I put a paywall I was afraid I was gonna not get all yeah. of this information so it was just sense. to put out let people know it you know eventually yeah. when it becomes another form or bigger once there's that knowledge of and is enough in people's um, minds in the in the zeitgeist maybe you know mm, okay but i want the conversation basically cool. but yeah speaking of even about the conversation because we know we live in this african society which is a bit more conservative so when you put out the moon goes like what was the overall response from different i guess communities like what did they think about the moon girl series mm. um a lot of responses i got was oh wow i didn't know this history this way because of this, I now went to go and do this research on that, mm. you know, because we try to, we are doing a, a lot of fictional storytelling, but then we right. try to bring in, you know, some, a little bit of history, a little bit of, you know, we twist things, you mm -hmm. know, for instance, in season three coming up, which is going back to the Moon Girls origin stories. Just imagine uh, us retelling folklore and retelling legends and retelling even Bible stories, right? Oh, okay. we, like, for instance, season two tells you a story of, uh, no, season one say, tells you a story of Noah, but instead Noah is a, is a black woman with locks who was warning people at the time of the dangers of environmental degradation and therefore that the sea. Very interesting. You know, those kind of twists. <laughs> you know, so it, that's how it attracted people and people, you know, that's where the responses came. Oh, I didn't know this. Or let me go and mm, research this. Or, what if I thought this way of this? You know, what if women were raised in this way? Or, so that was a lot of what we got. A lot of what we got. Okay, cool. So most of it was mostly positive responses like, okay, this is interesting. Let me go look at it myself and yes, see. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Yes. Cool. So where are you with Moon Ghost right now? Are you still, as you said, you're doing season three coming yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there any plans to maybe transition from graphic novels to more interactive media like TV or movies, things? That, do you have that in mind? Yo, from the get-go, I always said someone should pick this up for, you know, Disney or Netflix or something, you know. That, that's every comic artist and graphic novel artist's dream. Right. So, yeah, we always have that. So, yeah, and yeah, definitely we are doing season three now. Season one and two are out for free. So, please, guys, go download it. It's www.moongirls.live. And all 12 chapters are out. We also have these things over there we call chapter afterthoughts. Okay. So, after you are done reading, just to chew on the issues that have been raised, please go there, see the questions, answer them for yourself and your thinking. It also mm -hmm. helps us to also know you know what you think about things so please go there and yes season three coming out origin stories and i'm loving it because oh man we are going back to the beginning of time oh, retelling wow. creation stories you know from african points of view you know we always hear the story of in the bible story of adam and eve yeah. and also in the way in the beginning in the god beginning said, this. said this yeah. yeah but african storytelling african folklore african legends or african myths about um our beginnings are also similar and also very mm. deep and powerful yeah. you know a dark void a sound from the void it's yeah. also you know so it makes you wonder where did who wrote these who wrote stories that? first it's true that's you know good. where did it come from yeah I and mean, we can always twist that into a whole your own perspective too exactly. from an african perspective too exactly exactly or or a patriarchal perspective right. too, you know as well so yeah i'm very excited about season three coming out and yes the hope is 
film. You know, let me put this out there. You know, I, we need this to go in film. Those of you, you know, who can make this happen. I definitely want to see a very nice blockbuster with some really dope a- actors. You know, this a- actress in um, American Gods, Yatide. Yes. Yes, I definitely want to see him, girls. Oh, nice. That'd be a nice guest. <laughs> one, one or the other, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely look forward to how it, w- it would evolve. Because also part of the activism, we're playing with pop culture, we're playing with, you know, how do all these things play with your minds? Even if it becomes toys, you know, oh. Barbies, games, I'm definitely open. Okay, cool. So when you're doing all this stuff, you're still doing the radio stuff. You're still doing the TV stuff. <laughs> you're juggling all this stuff. So at some point, are you ever going to have more of a, I guess, more focus? Is, is, could Moon Girls be like your primary focus, especially if it was able to get syndicated and get like a movie deal, mm. TV deal? Do you think you could like just close out the world and just say, Moon Girls is my primary focus? I don't know. I've always been a multi person, right. right? Let me give you a vivid picture. If you see me at home, I have one laptop in front of me, another laptop on my right, two, a tab on my left, and then there's going to be maybe two of my phones open. And actually, while I'm writing Moon Girls, I want to also be watching TV while I'm doing it. Because sometimes there's some ideas, some films, yeah, some, you know. Right. So it's always been the way I've been able to concentrate and, and focus. I think it started, I don't know, I think maybe it started in my uni days. I think that's where it started, you know. I needed to do several things to be able to focus on those several things at the same time because I need to catch life you know that's that's the main thing I've realized being a writer can make you very you know solo alone Mm, in your space you know and I need to and without that I'll actually just be at home without all these things I really am just at home dreaming and by my laptop you know being creative so I don't know if I'll focus if if I focus on one thing it'll be that one thing if if it's film it means I'm doing so many things maybe Mm. you're also doing the film and looking for actors for it or you're you're doing events around it or you're going to cons for it or you know it'll also be a multi thing (laughs) happening awesome (laughs) that's not like a very big project so you're you're multi so there's, that means if you're doing all these creative things, there's possibility you could create another concept down the line. Yeah, always. Because ours is always snowballing. Always. Mm. Okay. Always. Nice. But I, I'm really hoping to actually go back and do a, a real big stage play, hopefully in the next two years. When okay. I'm done, I want to finish season four of Moon Girls. Okay. Without that and pause for a bit while we... While I do other stuff and we try to push Moon Girls into other forms. Okay. When I'm done with season four, I want to probably do a, a stage play. Another stage play. Nice. I'm looking at doing that. Awesome. Awesome. So throughout your entire career, you know, doing the theater play, TV, everything, is there anything you look back and say, hmm, I wish I I had done this a bit differently than I did at that time? I would say I wish I hadn't, maybe not done, but I wish I hadn't felt as disappointed about doors that were closed, Mm. right? Acting was what I really wanted to do. I actually did even go to New York, auditioned for schools, mm. went to Seattle, was in a school there for a short while, a training session there for a while. I was actually preparing myself to go to to do theater in New York, you know, um, and maybe it would snowball into whatever it would snowball into. Like I said, I got into USC, but didn't get a, a scholarship, scholarship to go, so I, I couldn't afford it, of course. USC is expensive. Very expensive. For rich people. Yes, California, you know, it's a, yes. It's a Hollywood school. Yeah, Hollywood, <laughs> yeah, California, yes. <laughs> So like, hey, I, I just, I wish I didn't feel as disappointed as at that because I remember it really broke me, you know, it really broke me. You know, maybe I needed that for the mm. 
with a spare uh, because I wasn't getting what I wanted. I didn't consciously do it, but I now realize in hindsight that all these little things I did, now doing film workshops, now doing film reviews, mm -hmm. now writing graphic novels even. Graphic novels is like basically storyboarding for film. True. You know, writing yeah. every scene. Very true. This is me pushing it in these ways, you know, and I've gotten attention from people even in, in like those spaces. Like in New York, yeah. Like in New York, New York that, you know, that I was trying to go to who wouldn't have known me otherwise True. because I would have been just part of the masses of actors who were trying to be known there. But now I'm, I'm here on my grounds in mm -hmm. my space creating from my society, right? And, and I feel like that's actually been what has been the key, you know, the sparkle around the work, you know, that I'd been here. If I wasn't here, it would have been a different story. I'm now seeing that. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense, actually. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the doors close, but then up, up, opportunities open up for you and you just never know. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody listens to this podcast right now and they hear your story and they, they want to get, maybe you want to give a piece of advice to them. Like, what piece of advice would you give to somebody who's up and coming, like maybe a young writer, a young producer? Like, what advice would you give to them as far as setting up their careers? Oof. Ooh, I don't like giving advice. <laughs> oh, no, just from your personal experience. Right. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll say that the best advice and the best, the best way to pursue your career is really to know yourself. There's sure. going to be a lot of good advice around with people in the different fields that could, you know, help you, you know, pursue the career you want to pursue but then what is the guiding factor and the unifying factor for all of that good advice is the you unique you in mm. all of it right because it's you that will know oh if I actually I can take this from say Matankuma but when I add my twist off say African philosophy or add my twist off techiness or I add my you know that's re actually really me that's where mm. you're really you know making your path your stamp and no one does it like you True. No one does it like you. Like, honestly, you are you are like, um, and you would awe yourself at what you can do if you do that work of knowing you. So I'll say that do that work of knowing you. And, and it's not a one time thing. It's, mm. it's a continuous, continuous, it's a life journey thing too. But all things can happen simultaneously. You're doing that work of knowing you while you're pursuing your career. Your career would actually, your career path would actually be decided, would actually move in the way it would move as you're doing the work of knowing you. It will move in that direction because you're knowing you, you mm. know. So I'll say do that, do that work, you know. Knowing you can mean so many things. I feel like I'm saying a vague thing, but no, no, that, that makes do sense. that introspection, you yeah. know. Watch yourself in spaces. Watch yourself and how you engage with friends. How, watch yourself in relationships, you know. Watch how you evolve. Watch the things you tell people about your feelings, but watch how you really, really feel. It's, it's a lot of things, but do that, you know. And in that doing, Whatever your career path becomes is going to be its own unique. You wouldn't even have dreamt could be like that. You know, that's my advice. And that was Akosia Hansing, the creator of the comic book series Moon Girls, which you can now find online. So thanks for listening. And as always, share with your network and friends. We'll be back again with another episode. So see you next time.